Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back on program once again with all of our listeners. And once again, we welcome you. And we're thankful to be here with you. And we're thankful that you're there. This is a real blessing for us to be able to share God's Word with you over the airwaves of radio. And we're so thankful to know that many people listen to this program on a regular basis. Others pick it up as you have the opportunity, and some people just happen upon it now and then. We've heard from listeners who have uh, kind of fit that mold. Then there are always the new listeners, and we're thankful for every single one who tunes in to search the scriptures at any time. We're thankful you're there. We're thankful that we can be with you and open up God's word together and study therefrom. We try to present the kind of format that is friendly, easy to listen to, easy to follow along with. We kind of try to set the mode, or the mood rather, as all of us being gathered around the kitchen table together with our Bibles open and discussing the word back and forth. We want you to feel at ease. And at the same time, we're not just talking about the Bible. We teach the Bible. We dig deep into God's word. We look at it in detail, and we want to help you learn in depth what God's Word really teaches. So we try to look at it in depth, and yet we try to explain it in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for your daily life. We want to help you get to heaven. Well, the best thing that we can do to help you get to heaven is to teach you God's Word accurately and effectively. Now, at the end of the program, we're going to give you some information that you can jot down and you can contact us. We always offer a free Bible study in the program. And when we, main, when we say free, we mean free. We'll even take care of the postage. We don't want you to send us anything. Some programs, they say, if you'll send us a donation of such and such or send us a love offering of such and such amount, then we'll send you a free something. Well, that doesn't sound free to us. <laughs> We mean free, you know, and so all you have to do is ask. We'll even take care of the postage. You can also receive a copy of today's program on CD, again, for free. And again, we'll take care of the postage. So have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready. And at the end of the program, we'll give you that information. You can jot it down and then contact us and ask for these free study materials. They can make an eternal difference to your life. We do hope to hear from you right after the program. It's good to be here today with Dwayne Kennedy to continue studying together from God's Word. Thank you, Gary. It's good to be on the program with you again and with our listening audience. You are very important to us and we do share in a study together and believe that we are studying with you and we are studying before our Father in Heaven all to His glory all to the good of our fellow man, and all to the service of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And you know, Dwayne, we are doing this before God, too. We are. You know, whenever a congregation comes together to worship God, they need to keep in mind that God is the audience. That's right. They are the worshipers or the participants. I'm afraid we've really turned that around in our minds a lot of times without even thinking about it. We've kind of made ourselves the audience, and we think, you know, well, what's in it for me? How am I going to get out of it? Well, we we should get some things out of it, but if it's all about me, 
then I've got it all backwards in my mind. It should be all about God. You know, Jesus made it no secret that he came to this world that he might glorify the Father and that he might do the will of our Father in heaven. And that's what the Bible has called us to do as imitators of Christ. We do the same thing. We bring glory to God. We're here to please Him. And we are thankful that we have you and our audience to study with us. Amen. Amen. And we do want you to feel comfortable. We want you to feel at ease. At the same time, we want to stimulate you and we want to challenge you as we study God's Word together. This is a great study that we began in our last program, Duane. We're talking about not just God's grace, but our response to God's grace. Amen. Our response to God's grace. I'm not sure that a whole lot of people have thought about how we ought to respond to God's grace. It calls for exactly that, Gary, a response. God's grace is not something that he just lays out there for us to receive when we leave this life, that is, when we die or when Jesus comes again, it's actually something that we participate in right now and that we live in every day and that we try to communicate by living our lives an example to the others that we are around or the others that hear us. You know, that's a good way you put it, that we actually participate in God's grace. Yes. And again, I'm not sure that people really stop and think about that that much, but Peter says exactly that. He says in his closing verse of his closing chapter of the second letter that he wrote, recorded in Scripture, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so for us to grow in grace, we have to participate in God's grace. That's right. It's not something that we put off until the end. It's something that we do every day. And it's not something that, that we're simply recipients of and have no responsibility toward. We have responsibility. That's right. We do. And, uh, and part, of what, part of that responsibility is what Peter just said. We need to grow, grow in, the grace. in grace. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Now, our response to God's grace. And we talked about how we are totally dependent upon God's grace for our salvation. We don't save ourselves. We cannot save ourselves. It is only by God's grace that we can be saved. But now he does expect some response from us to his offer of grace. And our response is what we really need to focus upon in this particular study. We talked about the uh, airline pilot, Duane, who is flying into an airport. He's trying to hit the runway. There's a blinding fog. He can't see the airport. He can't see the runway lights. He can't see the runway. It's dark. He doesn't really have a good feel for exactly where he is. But there is that radar operator in the control tower who's guiding him along. That's right, Gary. And we all are familiar with this kind of illustration and the whole idea about how pilots can be blinded sometimes, whether it's the clouds or the fog or even the night, and how they depend on those in the tower to guide them through the blindness. 
Yes, through the blindness and into safety. Right. And so he, as he's coming toward the airport, making his approach, trying to hit the runway, trying to be on the right trajectory, he's following, so far, the radar instructor's instructions, but suddenly he remembers an obstacle and he cries out. He shouts out to the radar operator in the control tower, don't let me hit that, that whatever it was. I remember that. And the radar operator simply calmly responds, you pay attention to instructions, we will take care of obstructions. And that's basically the principle that we need to live by in following God. He'll take care of our problems if we will follow his instructions. Amen. And we can have confidence in that. Now, while God's grace is a gift, God does expect a proper response to his grace on our part. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Dwayne, how about reading verses 9 and 10 there? For I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Now Paul is, is talking, he's making a personal application here. And he talks about himself in a very humble way, in verse 9, yes. as being the least of all the apostles. Now that's in his estimation, in his own mind's eye. I don't know that the Lord thought of him that way or that God thought of him that way, but he considered himself to be the least of all the apostles. Probably thinking, remembering that he used to be an enemy of, of the church and of Christianity. Yeah, literally an enemy of the cross of Christ and the grace that God had given to him kept him humble. Yes, yes. He, he realized how wrong he had been right. and how God gave him another, another chance, you know, a new beginning by his grace. And so he was thankful for that. He said he's not worthy to be called an apostle. But then in verse 10 he says, but by the grace of God I am what I am. But that's not the end of the statement, is it? No. He says, and his grace toward me was not in vain. Okay. His grace was not in vain. Now that leaves an open question for us. Paul, what do you mean by God's grace toward you not being in vain? And Paul says, I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. And so he says, I responded to God's grace by doing what God wanted me to do. Right. And again, you know, the idea is emphasized that grace was not something that waits for us till that time that we leave this life. Grace worked in the Apostle Paul's life. Grace enabled him to be pleasing to God. And in the same way, grace works in our lives. And he participated in that grace, as you brought out so well in our last program. He participated as he responded to God's grace by laboring, as he said, more abundantly than they all. 
But again, he says, it was not me. It was the grace of God which was with me. That's right. Now, did Paul do the, the things that he was referring to? Absolutely. He was active in that response. But again, that was by God's grace. He had that opportunity, and he was participating. God's grace is given freely. We don't pay for it. We don't earn it. Right. And we certainly do not deserve it. Let's go back to what the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 3. And how about reading verses 24, 25, and 26? Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So justified freely. Okay, again, we don't earn our justification. Justified freely by his grace. Amen. And we need to understand that the scriptures are... Uh, repetitive in trying to get across the idea, the understanding, the principle that we don't save ourselves and we cannot really take care of ourselves. We need God. Amen. The emphasis concerning that is there for those of us who study the Bible and actually practice what it teaches, which is all of us, as long as we remember our commitment to him. Yes. And by his grace, God sent forth Christ to pay the price for the guilt of our sins as a propitiation by his blood through faith, and that was to demonstrate his righteousness, God's righteousness. Right. And so God did all of that by grace, by grace. Now let's turn to the fifth chapter of Romans there, read a little bit further. Verses 15, 16, and 17. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For... The judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. It's interesting, we see here the word gift used a number of times. Yes. Verse 15, actually, free gift. And then again, the gift. Verse 16, the gift. And later in verse 16, the free gift. And uh, we see that over and over here. Again, in verse 17, toward the end, the gift. And so it is a gift from God. His grace is a gift. What he offers us through his grace is a gift. We don't earn it. We don't have it coming to us. We cannot 
obligate God in any way that we deserve it, it's a gift. Right. Salvation, eternal life is a gift. When you look at Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, it paints both sides of the equation, so to speak. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yes, it is the gift of God. Now, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So it is given freely. We don't pay for it. We don't earn it. It is the gift of God. When we look at 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, John writes some more about grace. What does he say? And this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God who has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. And then the next verse says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So we ought to learn something from God's love for us. That's right. That's right. And we ought to learn something from God's grace toward us about being gracious toward others. Now, when you look again there at verses 9 and 10 of 1 John chapter 4, the word grace is not used in either of those verses. No. And yet, what is said in those verses describes God's grace, doesn't it? That's right. It, it came from him. He loved us first. Loved us so much that he sent his son. That's right. And that word propitiation is a strange-sounding word. We read it back in Romans chapter 3, and now we're reading it again here in 1 John chapter 4. A strange-sounding word, and it's the idea that, that Jesus basically substituted for us. He paid the price for our sins That's right. on the cross. He died there in our place. And that was by God's grace. By God's grace. Now, look at the third chapter of 1 John chapter 4, Dwayne. And how about reading verse 16? By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. So again, that's God's grace. Christ laid down his life for us. And you really look at that verse as a parallel to John 3.16, don't you? Yes, we do. For God so loved the world that he gave, gave his, his only, only begotten, begotten Son. son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. But now again, notice our response to God's grace again there. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 16, we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. So an example has been made for us that we might show the same kind of grace toward one another. Not that we are God, no, but that we do imitate him. Yes, yes, and we need to, as you brought out again, respond in an active way to his grace, participate in his grace. Right. Now, look in the fourth chapter, First John there, verse 19. What does that say? We love him because he first loved us. So, God loves us. He loved us first. And let me tell you, he loved us 
in spite of us. That's right. <laughs> While we were yet sinners. That, that's Romans 5 and verse 8. That's right. Another parallel to what we just read in 1 John three sixteen. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God showed his love. And so he first loved us. And then what's our response? What's our participation? We love him. We love him. Amen. We love him. In 1 John chapter 5, in verse 3. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Oh, now here's where a lot of people run into a, a wall, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yes, sir. Oh, I love God. I love the Lord so much. Oh, I love him. Oh, I, oh sweet Jesus. I have such a close relationship with him. They're not, they're not being obedient to him. Right. Now, that's a verbal love, but we need to love God. We just read it, didn't we? Right. In 1 John chapter 4 and verse 19. That's how we need, that's one of the ways we need to participate in his grace. He loved us first. We love him. Right. And how is that love exhibited? By 1 keeping John 5, 3. His, by keeping his commandments. You know, Gary, grace is so important, and God teaches us in this passage how to love him, that is, how to respond to him, to respond to his grace. We show our love, and God defines love. We do not. God defines how he is to be loved, and that is by keeping his word, keeping his commandments. And that's active participation in God's grace. That's right. He has given us his word to guide us. He has given us his word. Remember what we read earlier? First, uh, 2 Timothy 3 and verse 15. He's given us the holy scriptures to guide us to salvation. And we respond to and participate in his grace by following the instructions. That's right. It is our instruction. It goes back to that radar controller in the control tower. You follow our instructions. We'll take care of obstructions. Right. God says, you follow my instructions. I'll take care of the obstructions in your life. His grace, our response, loving him. How do we love him? We obey him. We obey him. We don't just talk about loving him. We live for him Amen. actively, obediently. Our time is up for today, so we're going to stop again and park here. We'll continue this study next time. Now, again, in just a moment, we'll tell you how you can contact us. So jot down that information, ask for that free Bible study, and we'll be glad to send it to you. We'll take care of the postage, and it will teach you more fully how you can respond to God's grace in obedience. We hope to hear from you right away.